everyone zencaster really threw us for a loop today yeah so zencaster completely changed it wants to video record us and neither of us are ready for that right now absolutely not um i started to say good morning and it was counting down and i was like oh well (laughs) nothing fucking happened there so um good morning (laughs) yes we're recording this in the morning so it's um coffee and dna coffee and coffee and crime but i think there's already a podcast we might even follow them that's coffee and crime oh okay shout out coffee and crime i think i feel like there's one are you drinking coffee yes i am wow well no that's how uh, you know it's a bad morning rachel might have to like spontaneously (laughs) run out of the podcast yeah i might have to because we all know (laughs) that coffee does not settle well in my gut (laughs) um (laughs) so Becky and I are both unbelievably stressed right now. Um, Yeah, it's real bad. Yeah, nothing can seem to go right this week. Uh, And so please bear with us because this is going to be a dumpster fire today. But that's okay because most of our podcast is a dumpster fire. (sighs) (sighs) Yes. And as um, well, let's just start here. That's Rachel. That's Becky. This is Chardonnay (laughs) and DNA. That's Rachel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not really Chardonnay and DNA today, but there is DNA involved. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm excited for your story because you've referenced it before, and I've uh, always wanted to know like more about it. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorites, and one of the ones that I desperately want to be, you know, uh, solved through DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it ever will be, but I really hope it does. Um, so I'm excited to do it. I have a fun cool. icebreaker question for you. Yeah, it's super dark. So it's super uh, dark. I'm with it. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, if you were a serial killer, what would your mo be? <laughs> and you said you already know yours. Oh, I already know I mine. Find really disturbing. <laughs> yeah, no, I already okay. know mine. Um, what is it? So I would probably target people who abuse animals. Okay, I kind of, I suspected it would be something like that. Yeah, so people who, you know, really abuse, and I'm talking like violently abuse animals. I'm, all animal abuse is horrific, and I don't condone any of it. But I mean, you know, the people you hear about the horrible things they do just because they think it's funny and they like to torture animals. Um, What about the, like, uh, the, like dog fighter people? Oh, yeah, every one of them. Like Every one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> people who bet on okay. it, people who raise them, people who fight them, every one of them. Um what would you do like puppy would mill you, breeders? Like, uh, make them Yeah. Would you like make them perish the way they Yeah, like, so essentially like... essentially I would kind of like see what they do, you know, what they're what they've done to hurt an animal, and I would essentially mimic what they've done because they deserve to die the way that that dog died or that dog was hurt. So dog fighters would fight to the death. Um, okay. Puppy mill breeders. I don't want to get into that, but it'd be really gross. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be a pleasant way to die. Oh I promise. Um, the ones who just like physically torture animals. Like I, I can't even talk about it. Cause I'll start to cry, but like they do things to them just to fuck with them and like hurt them because they think it's funny. 
I would do the exact same thing if it was like cutting off their ears or things like that. They'd die the same way. Oh, that's so why? Because why people are, are like, fucking I don't trash. Understand that people are fucking. And, trash. They really are. Animals and children. I'm just like, mm-hmm. you, wh- like why? Like you, they can't even put up any kind of fight, and it's it's literally just for your own enjoyment. I just find that mm-hmm. so disgusting and yep yeah i i i hear you with that so i sound very like very strong in my convictions here let me just assure everyone i am not a serial killer and i am not going to do any of this because (laughs) i am just not i watch a lot of true crime but i would get caught pretty much immediately um probably because i would tell everyone i did it because i was so angry but um yeah so that would be my mo and don't abuse animals that's pretty fucking simple so my mind first went, have you seen Promising Young Woman? Not yet, but I want to so fucking bad. Is it's it good? really good. You should watch okay. it. Yeah. So my first, my first like thought was, went to that where, do you like know the premise? I won't yes, spoil yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. So Promising Young Woman, and this really isn't a spoiler. She, she's like this vigilante that kind of goes after guys that like try to take advantage of women like drunk women especially um so my my mind kind of went to that but i think <laughs> but i think that i would actually target people that just um do my pet peeves <laughs> <laughs> okay so like um and i don't even know that i would kill them i would just make them suffer the pet peeve over and over again until they just mentally broke <laughs> okay okay um so for example like loud chewers mm-hmm. i would just i would just like make them listen to like loud mouth noises like you know those yeah you know those like those stimulation room things that you see like on some shows like where you they just get bombarded with like really loud music or like repetitive like do, do you know what i'm talking about yeah. like yes. it's like a method of torture right I'd probably just torture them with like loud chewing and like mouth noises until they just broke. Yes, that's good. <laughs> um, and then, uh, like another one would be like people who um who dog ear library books. Like instead of mm. using a bookmark, they like dog ear mm-hmm. library. Like it would just be really lame things, but that would cause me minor inconveniences. That okay. then I would just go back and torture. Okay. That's would you like I... give them a million paper cuts? Yeah, I probably, I probably okay. would. <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, That's good. So it wouldn't really be killing. It would just be sort of like torture. Serial torture. Serial torture with like really like mild inconveniences, but that like really piss you off over the long term. Yeah. No, I like that. That's good. That's, That's really good. probably what I would do. Yeah, I like it. Thanks. That was not as dark as I thought it was going to I mean, mine got a little dark, but that was not as dark as I thought it was going to oh, be. Oh, I could probably, mine could probably get very dark, but. Yeah, if you, like, sat and thought about it, but like. Yeah, it, like, I, that was a, you just came across that, and I yeah. wanted to do it, because I thought it was just matching the mood. Yeah, it definitely was, um, and I think. But if I really fun. sat and got dark with it, I would probably think of something. Yeah, she, Becky was like, I was like, I'm ready. I already know. I think about this quite frequently. <laughs> and Becky and was, was like, like, oh. <laughs> I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
It is a morning. Um, Yes, it sure is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now everyone's going to think that I'm a serial killer, but I promise I'm not. A psychopath? Yeah. Maybe. That's all right, though. Yeah, I mean, but for for a good cause. (laughs) For a good cause. Psycho for a good cause. Yeah, you can't argue that it's not a good cause. All right. That's right. Yeah. Um, do you have any updates? I know Terry sent us the thing about the uh, Diot Love Pass, that there's new hikers that have gone missing. I didn't know if you read that at all. If you want to cover that. If not, we can always do that next week. Oh, yes, I did read that. And when I when I first um, looked at that, it, it I was confused because it, it appeared that they didn't the like powers that be who keep track of like the hikers there it looked like they didn't have these people that allegedly went missing they didn't have like their they weren't registered these Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm seeing yeah so i don't i honestly don't know like what does that mean so do they just go out there rogue and they didn't register with the appropriate body so how do we even know who they are? I I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna have to do some more digging about it and see yeah. what comes up. But I would like to do a more of a comprehensive update. But um... yeah, well, we can look into it and then we can do that for a bonus episode. Yeah, that would be that would be good because I don't know what the latest is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, any other updates or corrections or anything? Um. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I just have two quick podcasts I want to shout out. Okay. Um, the first one is one we've shouted out numerous times. Uh, it's say hello to the well, it's say hello to the bad guy. Um, they're just it's a fantastic podcast. He sends us stories all the time. He listens to the episodes, and we just want to say thanks. Uh, definitely check out their show. It's fantastic. His research is just so comprehensive. Um, and just you're really gonna enjoy the information. So definitely check that out. And the other one is a different one. It's called better than human. Um, and we follow it on Instagram. Um, I am just now getting back into my podcasts because I usually listen to them when I'm driving. Um, and Mm -hmm. essentially from my understanding, uh, they just talk about animals and why they're better than humans. And I love that. <laughs> right up your alley. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't I haven't really gotten into it a whole lot yet, like I said, but I uh the hosts are Jennifer and Amber. Um, and they discuss the best and worst of humanity and prove humans are not the epitome of evolution. Epitome. Uh, did you say epitome? I did. <laughs> I'm half asleep, y'all. I literally texted Becky and said I need to mainline some caffeine right now. Um <laughs> So my brain read Terry, epitome. Don't you dare cut that. No, out. it's cool. I do that all the. T- I I don't really give a fuck. I do it you, all the time. You uh, you like immediately. You're like epitome. Like you immediately <laughs> backtrack. My my brain will process it after I do it. I do it in conversation all the time. Like I sounded like an idiot, but that's whatever. You know, our brains. That our- was so. That that was so funny. I get it though because that's a word that you don't often say. No, I don't say it, and like, I know it's like, epitome. I know it's epitome. Right, but, but my just, brain was like epitome. More than you, epitome. Yeah, you read it more than you say it. Fun fact: When I was young, I didn't realize that Penelope was said Penelope, and I thought it was Penelope. Penelope. <laughs> Penelope. 
Penelope. Penelope. And for the longest oh, time, no. there was a shop in Greensburg called Penelope's, and I kept calling it Penelope's. And my dad was like, what the fuck are you saying? And I was like, you know, the shop uptown, Penelope's. He was like, do you fucking mean Penelope's? And I was like, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the epitome. Oh my God, that's so funny. I I didn't know... I didn't know how hors d'oeuvres was spelled when I was a kid. So I would read it like whores divorce. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? I would probably do that. I was was like, what is that? And then I realized that it's hors d'oeuvres. And it was, it was one of those like mind blowing moments. Horse divorce. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm going to just call him horse divorce now. I like that better. That's like charcuterie. Occasionally, I can't say charcuterie, like it just will not come out of my mouth. So, um, oh yeah, shark shark coochie or something. Yeah, so shark coochie is one of them. Um, uh, that would be another one where I'd be like shark, <laughs> which I'd be like, oh yeah, charcuterie. Um, yeah, I love the English language and how bad it fucks epitome. me up on the daily. <laughs> I like it. I actually kind of like the way epitome sounds because it sounds like it does kind of yeah i i can agree with that it kind of sounds like um it it kind of sounds like like tomb a little bit like i don't yeah. know yeah it's it just like dark and more all-encompassing yeah yes I, <laughs> I might just say that from now on and <laughs> fuck people off they'll just be like what it. i wonder if anyone will call me out <laughs> on it though like my dad did with penelope's I hope um, not. I think it depends on, I think it's like inversely proportional to how close they are to you. So like, if you said that around me, I would be like, what, you're, what? I'd be like, you're a mm-hmm. fucking idiot. But mm-hmm. if someone, if just like your average, like just an acquaintance said it, they'd be like, that girl, they would just keep it inside, but actually think that you were an idiot. You know what it makes me think of is that dude on TikTok that I love, that daddy Rocca, who just oh, yeah. pronounces yeah, yeah, shit yeah. wrong all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the next life choice that I make. Okay, do it. Who cares? You know, life, you know, it's what we make it and it'll be funny. Um, Hopefully I don't do that again in this story because uh, there's a lot of words that my uh, 8 a.m. brain is not going to comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I'm going to get started. It should not be that long. Um, Okay. So this week I am doing The Boy in the Box. Um. Just a real quick content warning. There is child death in this. Um, and I I go into a little bit of his injuries and everything. So I just want to give a heads up in case that's a trigger for anybody or a, um, just a sensitivity. So uh, late February of 1957, John, here's a word, to Nailed it. Yep. Perfect. Nailed it. Nailed it. Went to check his muskrat traps in Fox Chase. Philadelphia off of Susquehanna Street. As as you do. As you do. Um Pittsburgh didn't make me fuck up Susquehanna though, so that was that was good. Uh, we do have a lot of like Native American esque yeah, names. Yes. Um as he was checking his traps, he discovered a cardboard box that would have once been used to hold a bassinet, possibly by JC Penny. When he looked inside the box, he made a grisly discovery. Inside the box lay the body of a young boy wrapped in a plaid blanket. John was trapping the muskrats illegally 
and did not report his findings to the police because he was afraid they'd confiscate his traps and press charges on him. <laughs> okay. Um, several days later. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I just. Okay, so you were pre- you were trapping the muskrats. Whatever. You just re- you found a body of a boy. Like I'm. I this fucks me off so bad. Um. Yeah. So he. He, what was his reasoning? He just didn't... He didn't want them to confiscate his traps. In, yeah, he thought he'd get in trouble for trapping... I don't even know what a muskrat is. What is a muskrat? Wow, okay. I thought muskrats were water animals. Are they not? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think they're... Are they like a kind of... They're a beaver! Rodent? Yeah, they're like a... They're like a rodent. They're like a beaver. I'm looking at it. It looks like a fucking beaver right Oh, okay. Now. Well, you weren't completely wrong. It is semi-aquatic. Why would there be muskrats in the woods? Okay, none of that makes well, sense. Sorry, I just put that together. Like, that's not fucking sus or anything. It's, uh, well, it says wetlands, like, so maybe it was like a swampy. I don't fucking know. That's weird. Okay. But either way, not a good enough reason to, to not, not report. Yeah. The, okay. So he didn't report them. So I'm curious on how we know about this. Uh, he came forward later and admitted it. I hope you're um, not in trouble for that. I probably not because it was the fifties. Um, several days <laughs> later, a college student by the name of Frank Guthrum or Frederick J. Benonis. The sources differ on his name. Wikipedia reports his name as Frank, and then stories uh, of the unsolved report it as Frederick. So I don't fucking know who this dude is. Um, he was driving his car along Susquehanna Road when he claimed he saw a rabbit run into some nearby brush. Uh, He knew there were animal traps in the area and stopped his car to make sure the rabbit hadn't gotten trapped in one of them because, you know, that's what you do. Um, As he was stopped, he (laughs) was searching for the rabbit and also stumbled across the box. At first, he believed that the body was actually a doll. Uh, His head and shoulder were sticking out, and apparently it kind of looked doll-like, so he didn't initially contact police about the discovery. The next day, he heard a report on the radio about a missing four-year-old girl and decided to report his finding to the police reluctantly in case it happened to be her. He had initially been hesitant to report it to the police because he was actually a peeping Tom, and he was in the woods to spy on the female students at the nearby Good Shepherd School. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that school? Is their mascot the muskrat? It fucking better be. It like is that is was that your fucking cover? Oh wow. Yeah, I. So the muskrat yeah. was just that. That was just like a. He's just a creep. This is uh the rabbit was a thing for him. Two different people. Oh fuck! Two different people. Two different yeah. people. Sorry. Two di- it's okay. okay. Both the stories don't make any fucking sense. No, they so, really don't. Okay. Uh, and it's so like wait, a muskrat man just left it out there? Yep, muskrat ju- just left it out there. Rabbit and boy. And then rabbit was, boy. <laughs> yeah, was actually just a disgusting peeping Tom who had previously been caught. Okay. Wow. The yeah. two, two fucking dumb fucks. Yeah, oh, at wow. least rabbit boy re- reported it, but still weird. Yeah, but rabbit boy was also... <laughs> yeah, a gross Aww. peeping Tom. So... Uh, <laughs> So I the body, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. 
Um, So Mary Jane Barker was actually the little girl who had gone missing. The body did not belong to her, obviously. She was actually found a week later in an abandoned house. She wandered off and starved to death, which is really sad. Mm, That's super sad. Um, Yeah. So I do not. These two stories don't make sense to me. I would have been looking into these motherfuckers like crazy if, you know, they had reported this body because it just it does not make sense to me at all Mm-mm. um but the boy was somewhere between four and six years old he was 40 inches tall and weighed only 30 pounds he had blue eyes <clears throat> excuse me light brown hair and a fair complexion his light brown hair had recently been crudely cut possibly after his death because there were clumps of hair on his body uh, he had previously had some surgery, so he had some surgical scars on his ankle and groin area, an L-shaped scar under his chin. He also had a scar on the left side of his chest and one on his left elbow. His fingernails and toenails had recently been trimmed. He had no vaccination scars. It seemed as if he had suffered from a chronic eye ailment or infection before he died, and it had been treated with medication. Uh, He also had a smattering of moles on his body, um, just, you know, to help identify is the only reason I'm bringing that up. His body was covered in bruises Mm -hmm. and he was severely malnourished. It seemed as if his short life had been filled with nothing but trauma and abuse. They believed he might have died from blunt force trauma to the head as he had four round shaped bruises on his forehead and his face was actually drained of blood. Uh, So probably like bled out from a wound, Mm -hmm. you know. His lips were dry and bloody. Do, do they know what? Do they know how long he was out there? I go into that a little bit. Do, it's hard to tell okay. because of the conditions of his body. Um, okay. so his lips were dry and bloody, and he was so emaciated that his ribs were showing through his skin. He had no broken bones Ugh. and no previously broken bones when they did the autopsy. And he didn't have any deformities from the abuse. So, again, no broken bones, no, you know, anything like that. Because of the weather Mm -hmm. being cold and rainy, they struggled to determine a time of death for the boy. They believed it had been anywhere from a few days to two weeks prior to them finding him. Uh, And this is part of why Mm -hmm. I'm even more angry about muskrat motherfucker not turning him in. um, Because (laughs) they would have been able to get a more accurate time of death. Which could have helped solve this case a bit faster. Do we know how much? Right. Do we know how much time passed between Muskrat Man and Rabbit Boy? I guess just a couple of days is what I read. Just a couple of days. Okay. Like, like two or three days later. Okay. Um, let me see. They leaned towards a few days simply because his body and the box were actually both dry, even though there were rainy conditions. Um, there was also a long brown strand of hair uncovered at the scene. His right palm and the soles of both of his feet were rough and wrinkled, which indicated that those limbs might have been submerged in water close to the time of his death. There are also reports that his esophagus contained a dark brown residue, and that would indicate that he had vomited shortly before he died, even though he hadn't eaten for two or three hours prior. Uh, On February 26th, Uh, 1957 police opened the investigation into his death they took his fingerprints and hoped that he would be identified quickly the crime scene was combed over and over again by police academy recruits 
Uh, and this was, you know, after they hadn't gotten any leads. They discovered a man's blue corduroy cap, a child's scarf, and a man's white handkerchief with the letter G embroidered in the corner. The clues, of course, led nowhere. They did look into each of them heavily, and the cap was a particular thing that they were interested in. They were able to track it down to the shop owner by a stamp in the lining, and the shop owner learned that it had been customized for the man who bought it, and he'd been between the ages of 26 and 30 with blonde hair and no identifiable accent. He paid for the cap in cash, and she never saw him again. It didn't really lead anywhere, but it kind of just gave them an idea of who the you know cap belonged to. And why the fuck was it in the woods there? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, no one right. ever came forward to report their child missing. He didn't match any of the reports oh. of any missing children. Like they looked into all of those. Uh, the police actually distributed. Well, then that pl- would tell that would tell me. Sorry, I think we're it's on okay. a little bit of a delay. Um, yeah, probably. But that would tell me. Yeah. Um, that would tell me that he, that the, it was his parents or something. Oh, we are on a delay. If you look at our little doodads at the bottom, yours is going way slower than mine. Yeah. And it's like, our voices are not matching up. <laughs> so that's super annoying. Well, hopefully it won't be too annoying for Terry. Well, I'll just try. I I will not interrupt you. Um, well, I'll like also I, just take breaks after each paragraph, so that way we're okay. Not, yeah, yeah, like running into each other. Right. Okay. Um. So no one came forward to report their child missing, and he didn't match any of the reports of any missing child children in the area. The police actually distributed a post mortem photography session of him. They fully dressed him in a seated position, Mm -hmm. hoping that seeing him, how he might have looked in life, might trigger someone to at least recognize him. Uh, They broadcast that across the country through police teletype, and visitors from 10 different states came to Pennsylvania to attempt to identify him, but none of them did. So you're telling me that they dressed up the dead body? Yeah, so post-mortem photography, I don't know if you know anything about it, um, was actually pretty common, not in the 50s, like this was back in the day when cameras and like pictures were not common uh, for people to have. So like when their children would die, they would do postmodern photography where they'd make them look like they were alive. Sometimes they'd even like paint eyeballs on their eyelids and shit. It was real creepy. I have some originals actually, and they would dress them up and stand them. <laughs> of course I have them. That's blowing my mind. Yeah, so you can actually, when you look at old pictures, you can kind of, like, tell if they're postmortem too. Like, you just have to know what to look for. But they just, they knew that people did that, and they figured, since they didn't have a picture of him, if they made him look like a normal little boy, maybe someone would look and realize, like, oh, that's my neighbor Johnny or something. Hmm, Okay. It was kind of an interesting tactic to use, you know, and it kind of thought outside of the box to try and solve this. They really worked hard to try and solve this and find who killed this little boy. But um, okay, so residents of Philadelphia received a request along with child welfare agencies and other law enforcement groups asking them to call in any information they might have about any children who had recently disappeared or might be being abused, or they thought might be being abused in the neighborhood. 
Uh, neighborhoods and hospitals were canvassed, orphanages and foster homes in the areas as well, but every child was accounted for. They could not compare his fingerprints and footprints to any hospital or national database at the time. And it's important to note that he could have been born at home, so his birth wouldn't have been reported or recorded anywhere. Uh, police? Hmm. Yeah, right. So like, you know, the times, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be that uncommon to have a child at home. It, we kind of talked about this in that one episode with the baby carts. Yeah, I wonder, like, to me, one of two things is happening. Either that it was a home birth and the parents did it because there's no parents coming forward saying their kid's gone or this was some kind of like traveling kidnapper or something. Mm, okay. Okay. So police then turned to the box he had been found in. Um, it once held a white bassinet and the serial number actually helped police to trace it back to a JCPenney store in Upper Darby. It had been sold between December 5th, 1956 and February 16th, 1957 for $7.50. Only 12 were sold and police were able to track down eight of the purchases, but it didn't lead to any kind of uh, information that would help them identify the boy. How does it not, though? Like, <laughs> I guess every child in those households, households were accounted for. Okay. So their new babies were accounted for, and if there were any siblings they were accounted for, that's the way that I took that. Okay. But then again, if he was born at home, there'd be no record of him. Right. So. Uh, Eventually, the boy was buried in a potter's field in Holmesburg, Holmesburg, I don't know, whatever, Pennsylvania, with a tombstone that read, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown child. Between, That's so sad. Right? Like, it's heartbreaking that he's just buried and no one knew. Mm-hmm. Um, between 1957 and 1958, a theory actually came out that he might have been raised uh, to look like a little girl. Hmm. And it kind of makes sense when you think about the way his hair was crudely cut mm -hmm. uh, with like chunks taken out and stuff. So a forensic artist actually drew an image of him uh, in the likeness of a little girl. But it, of course, produced no le new leads either. Wow. Yeah. I so, wonder why that theory came up, though. I think the hair. I think the hair made them think that because like... When you see the way his hair was cut, there's, like, spots, like, chunks taken out and stuff. Like, hmm. it's like they cut his hair in a hurry to hide something. Hmm. Okay. Uh, there were actually two people, even after the police were done, that really dedicated a lot of their lives to searching for, a, you know, a resolution to this case. Uh, Bill Kelly was a fingerprint expert who was 29 at the time of the discovery, and he spent much of his life trying to work on the case. And a medical examiner investigator, Remington Bristow, had also been trying to solve the case. Uh, they came up with like an idea to try and trick the family into coming out. They suggested that maybe, like you know, in a paper or whatever, that maybe they were actually a loving family who couldn't afford a funeral despite knowing better. They knew that the boy had been abused, but they wanted to trick them into coming out. Like, oh yes, that's our son, and we couldn't afford a funeral. Um, okay. Of course, nothing happened there. Um, Bristow even consulted a psychic and he offered a reward from his own meager salary for any information that could lead to the boy's identity. Oh, I love cops like that. Or I know he wasn't a cop, I guess. Um, but investigator, whatever. But investigator, yeah. like 
yeah, that's so like just endearing and heartbreaking at the same time there's like a whole article about um bill kelly too and just everything he's done Mm -hmm. to try and figure out this case so these two men deserve some recognition for you know trying to work on this case pretty much their entire lives Mm -hmm. Um, so i'm going to go over the theories about his death um just a heads up i literally just these ones i just copied and pasted so they're going to be new for both of us i know some of them but not all of them my theory is that it it was a kidnapper, and because it was so long ago, like, there wasn't media, there wasn't Amber Alerts, all this shit, like, mm-hmm. it was a kidnapper that took him way far away, tried to conceal the identity. Um, my, see, the only reason I don't, I don't really buy into that one is because it seemed like he had been abused his entire life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So unless they kidnapped him when he was, a like, one year old, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the I... way he was so malnourished and everything. Okay. I mean, could that not... I mean, I guess to that level of malnourishment couldn't have happened in a short amount of time. I think it would have been months for him to get to that point. But I okay. don't know much about babies and, like, how, you know, how easily they're malnourished, so... Okay. I, I don't know. It's just It just seems like... I really think that he was abused his whole life and the abuse went too far and he died and the family just threw him in the woods because they knew that they wouldn't get caught because there was no record of him. Well, yeah, I, that's, I think that's the only other option because other, if it were, if it were a local family that lost their kid, everybody would have known like, like a local, like good family, like, right. And they would have come up, like come out and said like, our son is missing. Right. So yeah, I definitely think it was either really piece of shit parents that just never recorded the birth and abused the kid or some kind of kidnapping. Although I do, I understand what you're saying. Like the level of abuse doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to be short term. Right. Um, so the reason I copied and pasted these, because like I said, I do know some of these theories, but some of them are going to be new to me too. And I wanted us to be able to kind of like talk about them together without my preconceived notions about anything. Okay. So um, one of the most thoroughly researched theories in the case is the is that John Doe had been the child of a girl who lived at a foster home that was located one and a half miles away from where the body had been found. This theory was one that Remington Bristow heavily focused on, and he believed that John Doe had been the son of Anna Marie Nicoletti, stepdaughter of Arthur Nicoletti, the man who ran the home. According to Bristow, Anna Marie, who is said to have been mentally, well, I'm not going to say that because that's just very weird, uh, had, uh, you know, developmental delayed delays. Okay. Yeah, uh, the, these old timey people like, yeah. really had no fucking sensitivity. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, she had four children out of wedlock, three who had been stillborn, and the other who had died being electrocuted in 1955 outside of a supermarket. It's believed that the boy's death was accidental and the result of the family not wanting word to get out that Anna Marie was an unwed mother. In 1960, Bristow contacted a New Jersey-based psychic who told him to look for a house that matched the description of the foster home. When he later brought her to the dump site, she led him directly to the home. Later, upon attending an estate sale at the home, he discovered a bassinet that resembled the one sold at J.C. Penney, as well as blankets that looked similar to the one the boy had been found wrapped in. in but what first led him there? Like, what first led... Um... The psychic, I guess? Ah, okay. Yeah, I... Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, 
Investigators have looked at this angle numerous times over the years, but have found no evidence to support that Nicolette, that the Nicolettis were involved in the boy's death. DNA testing done later proved that he was not Anna Marie's son. So the theory wasn't true. Okay. Um, I just, I had actually never heard that one. And this, I want to point out that these theories all came directly from, um, let me give you the, the website. Um, because I don't want to take claim for any of these uh, stories of the unsolved. Okay. Dot com. Um, so that one wasn't true. At least DNA proved that it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> this one is one of my favorite theories. And it's it's uh, covered a lot from a lot of people who follow this case. Um, and the uh, the article about um, Bristow and Kelly really goes into this a bit more and how they really covered this. And that's on America's unknown child dot com or dot net. So another prominent theory in this case is that he was a victim of human trafficking and suffered severe physical and sexual abuse. This came after a Cincinnati, Ohio based psychiatrist contacted investigators after a patient by the name of either M Mary or Martha told her she wished to speak with them. According to M, her abuses, abusive mother had purchased John Doe from his parents when she was 11 years old. She says she distinctly recalls her mother handing his parents an envelope in exchange for the boy. After that, both he and she were subjected to years of sexual and physical abuse, which eventually resulted in his death. She shared that one evening he threw up his dinner of baked beans, which led them to being beaten into... Uh, him being beaten into a semi-conscious state. While his mother tried to clean him up in the bath, he died. In an attempt to conceal his death, M and her mother traveled to the Fox Chase neighborhood in Philadelphia. When they were preparing to remove his body from the trunk of the car, a motorist pulled over, thinking they'd gotten a flat tire. M had attempted to conceal the car's license plate, and upon her mother denying his request to help, the motorist drove away. After hearing the story, Numerous investigators were convinced of its plausibility as M touched upon aspects only aspects of the investigation that only investigators mm-hmm. were aware of, mm-hmm. including a 1957 statement from a man who claimed to have witnessed a mother and her child pulled over in the area around the time the boy was found. There was also the fact that parts of his body were water wrinkled, which supported the idea he'd been bathed before his death. However, skepticism was abound. As a search of her home uncovered no evidence and interviews with neighbors revealed that no such boy had been living at the home during that time period. Well, of course not, because she kept Yeah, hidden. right, exactly. Like, they're not going to know. So the uh, article, you know, on America's UnknownChild.net actually talks about, like, them talking to this Mary girl. And apparently, you know, she she had a lot of mental illnesses. But obviously she would if she was a victim of, you yeah. know, child abuse. And the fact that they just completely discredited her is just, it's astounding to me that, you know, this, this girl came out and said, my mom did this. No, I think, I think that sounds very likely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the fact that she, she knew certain things, you know, that nobody else had known. Yeah. And like, I don't think, you don't think about trafficking like back then, but of course it's (laughs) <laughs> definitely i'm certain it was a thing you know yeah. like so i think that sounds very likely yeah um so if anybody is more interested in that theory it really gets into it on america's unknown child.net um it it talks about uh you know 
everything in detail that they call her Mary on that site mm-hmm. um, goes went through. Uh, they said that essentially no one ever heard a little boy because it was proof that he was kept prisoner in the basement, as Mary had said. Right. That shit happens all the time. Like, you, you don't you don't yeah. know. You're not going to know that because they people hide it. And yeah, that doesn't that's just right. like a sign of the time. Right. When and, and when you read it, it says cops confirm that her tales are the delusions of a mad woman. Why? Why? Why would she make that up? It makes no sense. And obviously they'd have no DNA connection because he was purchased and her parents are both dead now. So I, I think that's honestly one of the most plausible theories out of mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the one that I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, the third theory is that he had been raised as a girl um, and that's associated with uh, that sketch of him with long hair. Um, and they think that his eyebrows appeared to have been styled, which is weird. I don't think they were. I think he probably was just a little boy that was blessed with good eyebrows. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that, that one's bullshit to me. Yeah, yeah. I get the hair cutting thing, you know what I mean? Like, they wanted yeah, to cut his hair, but. That could have been a million different things. Yeah, it could have just been he had recognizable long hair. Right. You know, so. Uh, a theory was quickly ruled out surrounding the possibility that he was a Hungarian immigrant whose family came to the United States in the 1950s. This was seen as unlikely as immigrants at the time were required to be vaccinated, and John Doe did not have a vaccination scar. And the boy was believed to be uh, the boy that they, oh, I, I just jumped theories. I'm sorry. Um, the boy he was believed to be was actually located with his family in North Carolina. Uh, David Stout, author of The Boy in the Box, uh, has theorized that John Doe's parents were likely poor, possibly carnival or, or migrant workers who would have been able to travel without a paper trail. This theory is is supported by the 1961 arrest of carnival workers Kenneth and Irene Dudley after their seven-year-old daughter was found deceased in a wooden area in Virginia, wrapped in a blanket with signs of abuse and malnutrition. Several of their children had also gone missing, with many having passed away as a result of neglect and abuse, but none of them were found to have been the unidentified boy. So that's still possible. Mm, Okay. Two authors suggested that John Doe is the deceased brother of a man currently living in Memphis, Tennessee. I talk about this one a little bit later, too. It's kind of what I wrap everything up with. Uh, They spoke to a Philadelphia resident, and they learned of a family who had rented a home from him. They had sold their son, is what he said, and suddenly left the area not long after news of the murder of John Doe. They left behind items that were seen as necessary for everyday life. So they literally just packed up in the middle of the night and dipped out. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually got DNA from the man in Memphis that was connected to that case. Uh, But investigators needed more evidence in order to have it tested. Uh, They did test it in December of 2017 and confirmed there was no familial connection. So that didn't end up being a, a positive identification. A quickly ruled out theory was that John Doe was the son of a New Jersey-based roofer. However, when his wife was shown an image, she didn't believe him to be her son, who was later found with his father watching TV and eating a sandwich, so he was alive. And here we go. (laughs) Some have speculated that Frederick J. Benonis, or whatever the other name I gave him, uh, the college student who discovered the body and reported it to police, was involved in John Doe's murder. While he voluntarily took a lie detector test and was cleared by investigators, 
proponents of this theory cite the unreliability of polygraph testing. We yes. all know that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, polygraph testing doesn't mean anything. I really think that him and Muskrat Man had something to do with it. I don't. Do I don't you? know why. I okay. I just have a weird gut feeling, and and it's probably not a true gut feeling. It's probably just me being angry that neither of them reported it. I mean, it's shady. It is shady. Like, why would you? That just. I I can't even comprehend your logic around not reporting a dead kid. Yeah, it's just that. I think that's why I have that feeling. So it's probably not really a gut feeling. It's probably just me being angry. Yeah, I get that. But I just, it's just too sus for me to like, not, not suspect them. And I'm sure that they were just like, okay, the cops were just like, no big deal. (laughs) Yeah, you were, you were hunting muskrats. All right. Yeah. Okay. Good story. Oh, you chased a rabbit in the woods. Okay. (laughs) Sounds fake, but all right. Was he, was it like Alice in Wonderland's rabbit? Like, maybe. Was he trying was, to get down the fucking hole? <laughs> apparently, you know, to watch those little girls at the fucking school. Freaks. Yes. Um, and then a final theory is that John Doe was Stephen Damon, Damon, a young boy who went missing from New Jersey on Halloween in 1955. His mother, Mary, Marilyn Damon, had left her two children outside while she went into a grocery store. But when she returned, she found they were both missing. Her infant daughter, Pamela, was eventually discovered a block away, still in her pram, but Stephen was nowhere to be found. Given Stephen shared similarities with John Doe, his hair and eye color, age, and a matching scar on his chin, he was ruled out as being him as he'd suffered a broken arm. And they, you know, he had no broken limbs. Uh, DNA testing would later confirm this, and Stephen has actually never been located to this day. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, why the fuck would you leave your children outside of a grocery store? How hard I is mean, it to bring them inside? That's the that's the question we all have, and it's just like I What the fuck were mothers in the fifties doing? I don't know. It, it seriously, this is like the thing I say all the fucking time. Like people talk about like old people, boomers talk about how like, oh, in this day and age you can't let your kids do xyz it's like yeah you never should have though because yeah. they all went fucking missing and they got picked up by strangers in cars like it's just it's crazy to me and that that is honestly as annoying as like the whole like helicopter parent thing can can feel that's why yeah <laughs> that's, this is why that's why because people like little kids went missing and shit all the time and because of your fucking oh my god I yeah just... I know it's just, it's so crazy. It's so crazy to think about like how this is like illusion of safety because times were more pure and innocent. It's like no. How did our parents survive? I beats the fuck out of me. I just mm, yeah. So um the I am not going to be able to say this Vidoc Vidoc I don't know. V I D O C Q. Is it French? Who knows? I don't know. Um, <laughs> epitome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is the epitome of me not being able to say fucking words. Um, that society has a memorial every year for the little boy. Um, they're a group of independent investigators. And in November of 2020, they stated that they believe they are closer than ever to finding out what happened to him through advances in DNA technology. There is no update on that. Um, I, you know, that was just a couple months ago, even though it feels like a fucking decade ago. Um, so I'm really hoping that they're, they're truth, truthful in that. Um, in 1998, his body was exhumed to extract DNA and they took that from enamel on one of his teeth. 
okay. he was reburied in a plot that was donated by Ivy Hill Cemetery in Cedar Brook, Philadelphia. His coffin, headstone, and funeral service were donated by the son of the man who had originally paid to bury the boy in 1957. Oh, Yeah. Um, and his grave now has a very large headstone that bears the words, America's Unknown Child. Uh, the grave is always decorated with flowers and toys and stuffed animals by visitors and city residents. So they always make sure that there's something there so that, like, you know, it shows he was loved by somebody. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. So, yeah, they that's that's the boy in the box. It's a case that, like, haunts me. Yeah. So. And uh, it's so it's so sad. Like, I really I'm hopeful that through all the, like, advances with DNA that something comes of it. But mm -hmm. I don't know when I think when things get the older they get, the harder it is. Right. And I, I think that from what my understanding, I thought that either CC Moore or the DNA Doe project was involved, but I could not find proof of that. I just remember reading that somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping they do crack it. Um, they were actually able to crack. There was another uh, unknown child case from Philadelphia um, that was solved relatively recently that I'm going to cover at a different point in time. Um, but they were able to solve that one. Um, so I just really hope that they can solve this one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. I've always been interested in that since you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those cases that sticks with you. Yeah. And I'm all about like the, the unsolved, like that, those are always so intriguing to me. Yeah. And like, I, I'm actually kind of wondering, I haven't looked that article about Bill Kelly and Bristow. That was from 2003. So I'm going to be heartbroken if this man is not still alive and he never gets his answers to who the little boy is. I know. I hate that. That's like the that's like the um the cop that worked like his whole life on John Benet Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. Like he but now his like granddaughters are taking over trying to figure it out. It's really cool. But yeah. yeah, I always hate when they spend so much time and then they don't ever get the answer. I guess Kelly actually, like, if you read that article, he visits the grave a lot. And um, <laughs> they, I think Mary told him, I don't know how he got the name Jonathan, but he calls him Jonathan when he goes to visit him. And in the maybe article, from, like, like, John Doe. Maybe, yeah. I, I didn't, like, look into that a bit more. But. I guess every time that he leaves, like he touches the headstone and um, like just affectionately in the la the end of the article says goodbye, Jonathan. He says gently, I'll see you again soon. Oh, no. I know. I just want to cry. <laughs> uh, seriously, that that would that's uh, I, I could crack at any minute. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. True. <laughs> I really could. Yeah. So that that was the case. It's kind of heavy and I apologize, but I just have wanted to cover it for a while. and. No, that was a good one. That was really good. So yeah, but um, do you have anything for padded room? Um, just that I need to be in a padded room. Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. That actually sounds really lovely right now, <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it sound good? Like you always hear stories about mothers who are talking about like you know it'd be real nice to be admitted to the hospital right now because I wouldn't have to fucking do anything and I'd have a break. Yes, that that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> There is this, oh, I, I said it to you, that, that tweet that I sent you that said, for Lent this year, I'm giving up. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Same. Big same. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else because I gave my podcast recommendations earlier. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I I'm tapped. I I've, I've got That's nothing. It. I nope. apologize. But no, it's okay. Just, we we don't always it. have to have positive things. No, I've got nothing positive to say. <laughs> nope. This is just a negative, no good day. Um. Yeah. I mean, our our hearts go out to those people in Texas that yeah are, that you know I was just looking. There was like a, this crazy ass BuzzFeed article about like there's ice on people's fans, like ceiling fans, and mm-hmm. they're and their toilets and shit like that that sounds like hell well and and i've seen i've been seeing a lot of people making fun of the situation like especially people from the north because they're like can't deal with a little snow no this isn't a little snow for them they're not equipped for this they're not they don't, equipped for that like, they don't know and and it's honestly if this shit happened here in the in the way it's happening there we'd be in the same position so please yeah, have some fucking compassion don't be a dick like yeah. seriously like that you can't predict this type of shit like no you know what i mean like just don't be a dick Stop you're seeing a asshole. lot of damage too from people's pipes bursting because they didn't know to drip their drains and like things like that because they were never taught that shit because it doesn't freeze like because that it down doesn't, there it doesn't happen yeah right like just don't be assholes i have some friends in texas right now and thankfully one of them has heat and the other one her mother has heat so she's able to go there um but it's just like it's heartbreaking and you're seeing I was reading an article about like the people that are houseless right now. And I'm talking about like, uh, you know, the people who would normally be in shelters and things they are huddled against buildings because there's no room in the shelters and it's freezing. So like, I've been crying all morning about that. I feel horrible for these, these individuals that desperately need help. And, you know, they're trying to help each other, but that can only happen so much. And especially in the middle of a fucking pandemic. I was just going to say, yeah, there's a pandemic. So like, Yeah. So our hearts go out to the people in Texas and all the other states that have been affected by this ice storm. Uh, hey, newsflash, climate change is fucking real. And um, yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. We're done. Um, that's it. That's, that's the it. end. We're, that's the podcast. That's all you get this week. Sorry, everyone. No, no happy endings no, for anyone. No happy ending. Um, for more of our, for more of our cheeriness, <laughs> you can Find us on Facebook, Chardonnay and Sign DNA, uh, Instagram, Chardonnay and DNA. Um, the irrelevant Twitter is Chardonnay DNA, um, Chardonnay and DNA.com. Send us shit at our email. It's the same fucking thing, but at gmail.com. Um, yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah. I'm going to go eat some glass. <laughs> I'm just going to go back to bed. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye. Bye.